And so, I mean, I can think of so many stories where people are suffering so much and they're just ready for it to be done because they know that it, that it cannot be solved mm-hmm. until they die. Mm-hmm. It just can't. I'm William. I'm Dave. Dave is my pastor. Willie is a hospice chaplain. And we've been friends for more than 20 years. We've had thousands of conversations about things that matter and things that don't. So now we're inviting you to join in. Each week we pull a topic out of the hopper and talk about it. This is the Hopper Podcast. The Hopper Podcast is not professional advice, just two guys spitballing. So do your own research. Hey, Willie, um, yeah, you yeah. are a hospice chaplain. Yes, I am. And so you're around people who are dying all the time all and the time. are suffering and yes. have lots of uh, medications available to them yeah, and various yeah. medical procedures. And yeah. I had asked you uh, sometime to, to prepare, to curate some thoughts yeah. on assisted suicide. Yeah. And so I want to hear your thoughts on that. I know that, uh, you know, you... You like to um, to gather information and then distill it. Yeah. yeah. So um, if you're ready to to shoot that discussion out, I'm ready to hear it. That's that's a weird way to say it. Um, but okay, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I'm not thinking people would be shooting themselves right. for assisted suicide. <laughs> yeah, and they don't. That's that's not how it's done. Shooting some drugs, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. 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 yeah for sure. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So there, are, uh, it's it's a wide range of ethical discussions. It's huge. Yeah. It's there, huge. There's, uh, so you got pros and cons ready for us. Yeah, I do. And there are a lot of arguments for assisted suicide and a lot of arguments against assu- uh, assisted suicide. And so to, I want to. Um, go at it from those perspectives. And this is a typical kind of right-left sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so let's go with the arguments on the left first, then we'll go with the arguments on the right. And actually, yeah. I like, I think, almost every argument that's here uh, for, in one way or another. Yeah. Um, yeah. So first, um, let's argue for assisted suicide and try to think about why someone um, thinks that this is a good idea. Yeah. Um, first of all, uh, I'll... When someone wants to uh, advocate for assisted suicide, the autonomy and personal choice uh, of each individual is really important. That mm-hmm. is a uh, a value that all of us have. I have a right to determine what happens to me as uh-huh. much as possible. I get to make my own decisions that impact my own life, my own health care. Um, all of us hold this as a value. Yeah. You know, it, some people may immediately poo-poo that idea. Okay. Um, but I I would say uh, have some caution. I was thinking about this more deeply. And this is kind of what I like to do. I like to think and yeah, banter. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and just philosophize and come up with some insights. And so, uh, you know, in preparation for this talk, I just watched Million Dollar Baby. Okay, and interesting. Tried to, yeah, yeah, and just try to look at the Hollywood propaganda. Yeah, sure. Uh, and see what I thought about it and think about it and yeah. prompt some discussion in my own mind. And one of the things I was thinking about is, if I'm really being honest with myself, yeah. I always reserve the right to commit suicide. Yes. I just, I think I think of that automatically. Like yeah. if it ever gets to be too much, I could do that. You could. But... There can be a time when you aren't able to do that. That's right. As in that movie. That's right. That's right. Um, and I think suicide is wrong. I don't want people to commit suicide. Indeed. I think it is taking matters into their hands in terms of, you know, and we'll get to that side of the argument sure, later. Sure, sure, but, sure. Uh, so I'm not just, you know, it's a little weird automatically starting off with, a, with the positives. But really think about that deeply. Yes. I, I think I really do have, I reserve that right in my mind. Yes. That I, I have my own destiny in my hands to some degree. Yes. I make decisions about my life. That really is important to me. Oh, and that's true for all of us in, yeah. in just about every arena of our life. And then there is, I think, some ethical question about this one arena, but why is this one different? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of my patients, um, when they come on hospice care, what they're, you know, uh, a lot of the questions that doctors are posing to them is, you're at a crossroads. You can go down one path or the other. One is, let's continue chemotherapy. Let's continue aggressive treatment. Your life will be miserable, and it's going to last for a year. Mm-hmm. And Or the other path is, we can stop all those treatments, and your life will be pleasant and enjoyable, and it's going to last for nine months. Uh-huh. And when you have to make that choice, a lot of people choose for the pleasant nine-month life rather than a one-year. Now, of course, no one knows the future, and, and right. doctors are not that. But if that were your choice, what you're doing is you're choosing the manner and the timing of your death. 
And you're not doing it by suicide. You're doing it by whether you're receiving treatments or not. But you are choosing how it is that you're going to die. Uh Part of my job is to help people die the way they want to die. And one of the things that we don't do in hospice care is uh, I've never participated. My company's never participated in assisted suicide. We don't do that. Right. Um, But we are helping people die the way they want to die. Yeah. And the one thing that we're not allowing them uh, by not uh, uh, giving assisted suicide, the one thing that we're denying them is the time of their death. Mm -hmm. And the question is, why, why are we restricting that? Mm-hmm. You know, um, you're in charge of everything else in your life, but you're not in charge of that. If you're dying anyway, why not? Yeah. I can think of some things, but I'll hold on to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, another argument for assisted suicide is a relief from suffering. I can tell you that um, I have talked with people in my line of work uh, who are suffering tremendously in ways that it's just yeah. not really possible. Uh, uh, until you hear some of the stories and see right. some of the experiences, right? Um, it is really, really awful. It is really, really awful. I remember um, a man, I, I can see him, picture him, he's dead now, but uh, he, I can picture him really clearly in my mind, who had a cancer, a cancerous tumor that was uh, had grown into his trachea. Um, not not trachea, his esophagus, yeah. a little bit further down. And what it meant was that he... Uh, he could still breathe, but he could not eat. Right. And so, uh, and he had, and it was down into his uh, stomach as well, so they couldn't even do a feeding tube. And, oh, wow. And so he is um, starving to death. Right. He's literally starving to death. And right. there's, no, okay, so, okay, you're going to, there's not a whole lot, he wasn't in pain, or he was in pain, but we could deal with the pain. There's a lot that we can do with pain. Uh, but he is suffering tremendously tremendously it was awful there was no intravenous solution no Mm -hmm. no uh i you know i'm not a medical person i can't answer all those questions but a lot of times um at the end of life like that and he was he was nearing the end of his life and the cancer wasn't just there it was taken over other parts of his body as well yeah but they can't really do intravenous um uh much of anything because their uh liver and um Kidneys are not able to filter the way they would otherwise, and the fluid buildup would just be uh, right. ridiculous, or just impossible, yeah. impossible. And so, I mean, I can think of so many stories where people are suffering so much, and they're just ready for it to be done because they know that it, that it cannot be solved mm-hmm. until they die. Mm-hmm. It just can't. Right. And that is... I think there are times when I can really understand a good argument uh-huh. for assisted suicide then. Um, another argument. Um, so much of health care is centered around the patient and what the patient wants. What the patient wants. It's right. not about what the doctor wants or what, uh, you know, a lot of these cancer doctors and others, uh, they don't really like hospice care, um, you know, my work, because... Uh, it, they feel like a failure. I'm supposed to cure this cancer, and here I didn't get, I didn't cure it, mm-hmm. and they feel like a failure, and so they are likely to keep pushing a patient further and further and further into chemotherapy when it's really futile, uh-huh. and it does nothing but cause misery. Um, it doesn't actually help them at some point. It doesn't help them. It just causes causes them misery, uh, but they don't want to feel like a failure, and so that. That is immoral. Um, the care needs to be centered around the patient and the patient's needs. Maybe and those doctors should consider trying to push their patients toward trials, um, more experimental medicine that could that could result in. And some of them do. Yeah, mm-hmm. some really good mm-hmm. opportunities to learn and and provide better healing, or maybe even find a cure. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. And some of them do, and some of them don't. There's all different. Right. You know, there's all different motivations. And then uh, lastly, and I think this really is last, but it is not completely irrelevant, and that is assisted suicide absolutely reduces health care costs. Okay. It absolutely reduces health care costs. Now, who's going to be bearing those health care costs? Well, it depends on where you live, and it depends on what kind of insurance you have, you know, that kind of thing. Um, in the United States, uh, health care is very, very expensive for people. And so I have talked to a number of people. I've talked to many, many people, actually, who have asked me if I would help them uh, to, to commit uh, suicide so that, for the purpose, that 
their family would be spared the expenses. Mm-hmm. And I, of course, I say no. I've never helped anyone kill themselves, and I won't. And I'll ex- explain that a little bit later. But I can understand that tremendously. Right. I can understand that healthcare is so expensive, especially when you're at the end of life. And uh, so whether you're bearing it yourself or the society is bearing it because of insurance or because of Medicare or whatever like that, right. uh, this would certainly reduce healthcare expenses. So just to reiterate these arguments, uh, you're saying that there there are um, personal choice reasons, yep. Yep. suffering, yep. which I think would be a really big one, Yep. Yep. Um, patient-centered care, and then there's the expense of, of promoting the longevity of something that's inevitable. Yeah, that's right. Okay. That's right. Now, let me, let me turn the corner then and give some arguments against ass- assisted suicide. Yeah. First of all, uh, as Christians, we believe in the sanctity of life, and which means that life itself, breath, uh, blood flowing, is uh, something that is absolutely sacred. Human beings are made in the image of God. We've talked a bunch about this on our podcast in the past, right? but the idea of someone deciding, I'm going to end that, rather than God himself, um, is, is immoral. There's something wrong about that. Right. Yeah. Um, Let me ask you something. Sure. Given the the like the worst suffering situations that yeah. you've seen yeah. and the amount of time that yeah. that person had to suffer. Yes. Um, and believing in the sanctity of life and the sovereignty of God, did, did it ever shake your faith? <laughs> uh-huh. Did it ever? Uh, this is this is one of the big struggles I have. Yeah. Um, you know, um, when I when I'm mentoring and discipling people, often I what I try to do is I try to help them say it's you know uh, the Christian walk is about putting your faith in Jesus more and more and more, but to just say it that way is not enough. Um, really, when I'm mentoring or discipling someone, the question is, what does it mean for you right now to put your faith? In Jesus, and it may mean turning away from a particular sin or believing something that's hard to believe. Right. And I can tell you, for a very long time, uh, one of the specific ways that I, that for me personally, growing in my faith, I put my faith in Jesus is I come home from work uh, and I change into my shorts and t-shirt or whatever it is. Right. And I and I have to believe. I have to force myself somehow to believe that God is still good and he's still sovereign Mm -hmm. because of what I've seen. Um, Is life sacred? Man, it is hard for me. I believe it is. Of course I believe it is. Yeah. But, I mean, the suffering... I, uh, let's see, I'm, I'll give you another example. I remember meeting a man who was 35 years old. He had a rare form of uh, some sort of disease. I forget exactly what it was. Uh, but it had eaten away a, a bunch of his face and his uh, the front of his jaw up to his teeth and then all the way on his side up to the the uh, the hinge of his jaw was right. completely exposed right. to the bone mm-hmm. um, on one side of his face it looked like uh, 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 what was that the uh, the dark Knight uh, movie where um, two face you know gets half of his uh-huh. face burned off or something it looked a lot like that like they actually I don't know how they did that, but th- what, except for I was having a conversation with this guy that was excruciatingly painful, uh-huh. and he wanted to tell me um, some things that I, I don't think I want to repeat here. But I've had conversations with people like that, and the, and the yeah. suffering they've endured, and I say, okay, um, that particular man was a Christian. What does it mean that God loves him? It, not even that he's a—I mean, he was a Christian, but— um, a human being. What does it mean that life is sacred? The 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 suffering that I've seen is just, it, it's hard to talk about. Yeah, it's hard for me to believe. Yeah, yeah. Dave, about six months ago, I discovered an app on my phone that you need to know about. Okay, it's called Dwell. 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 It's an audio Bible. Okay. Yeah, you can listen to the Bible anytime anywhere that you have your phone it is i'm telling you fantastic i listen in the car as i'm driving around to see my patients from home to home what kind of translations does it have yeah it has all different kinds of translations of the bible it has the esv Uh which is probably my favorite but it's not i don't listen to only that one i also like the niv the new american standard 
It also has the King James, the New Living Translation, the NRSV. Actually, recently I've been uh, uh, listening through the prophets in the Message, which is uh, Eugene, Eugene Peterson. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. So uh, on on Dwell, you can choose the reader. Uh, the person who's reading, you can personalize your reading plans. There's men and women. There's people with kind of uh, fast talkers and slow talkers. Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, Dwell is great. Tell me about the app. Is it easy to use? Is it layout yeah. straightforward? Yeah. It is super easy to use. Good. Um, it is very intuitive. Um, here's the thing. The free version um, that you can download and just get, it has all the features, but it doesn't have the entire Bible. Hmm. Um, it's only got, I think it's got the Gospel of Matthew uh-huh. and maybe Genesis, maybe. Okay. Anyway, when I first started using it, when I heard about it, I saw how good Dwell was. I immediately became a lifetime member. Uh, but uh, so it does cost money to open up the entire app right. uh, for, for the entire Bible. But you can start with a monthly or yearly subscription. Gotcha. So I definitely need to check that out for sure. I mean, you've been talking a lot about it. Yep. And yep. now we have agreed to make an advertisement for them. That's we're, right. We're in biz with Dwell. That's right. We are. Because you have loved this app so uh, much. Yeah. And I need to check it out myself. So Hopper Podcast Hoppers, I invite you to do the same. You can see in our show notes how to find a deal with Dwell. And you'll also be supporting the Hopper Podcast. Yeah. Thanks a bunch. And so it does shake my faith. And yet, I still believe it. Yeah. I still believe it. And if life is sacred, if it is, who are we to decide that we are going to take it? Right. Right. There's all kinds of suffering. Yeah. Um, It's not all physical. A lot of the worst stuff is mental and emotional. Yes, 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 yes. um, yes. You know, when I was suffering physically, when it was over, uh, it that trial was over. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I feel better. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And it didn't stay with me. Yes. Like I don't, I don't, I don't have like trauma thinking about laying on the floor with a herniated back and sweating and screaming. Right. Right. Um, it was like, Oh, I can even laugh about it. Right. Oh, that was back then. Uh I don't want it to come back. Sure. Um, but there are some, some mental anguishes that, that are even worse. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so it's really hard to gauge, um, when someone is suffering enough that you would make that kind of call. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because we're not God. Who are we to say when suffering has been enough or what brand it is or, you know, because they're hollering a lot. We'd have to come up with all these criteria. I completely agree. And that's, and, and so, yeah, they're hollering a lot, but uh, okay. What about someone who is hollering just slightly less or slightly more? Okay. So here's someone over here who's hollering more. Does that mean that, you know, it's just, it's hard to say, but you're right. Yeah. Um, uh, it becomes a slippery slope, really. And so where do you draw the line? I mean, at, at some point we say, well, I'm I'm almost suffering as much as that person, then I deserve it too. And I, this person, I'm almost suffering as that person. And so it becomes, a, I think, a slippery slope. It's got, uh, there's a lot of potential there for yeah. that anyway. I could see where some people would say it, it's not any, how could any one person be given the right to make that decision? Yeah. But judges make that decision in capital punishment cases. True. Um, so I'm not saying that's impossible. But anyway, continue. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, another thing, um, another argument against um, assisted suicide is that a lot of uh, doctors, uh, most doctors that I know, uh, would not participate in assisted suicide because the role of doctors is to help people is to is for healing is for healing of the body and the soul and that is the opposite of healing of the body and the soul now that is a controversial statement to say the least uh-huh. because there are doctors who think that that is not healing of the body but it is healing of the soul and uh, so they but most doctors that I know of um, they don't want to do that uh, they think yeah. it's against their Hippocratic oath right yeah I don't know the exact wording I used to I've read it before but first it's, it's, do no harm. Yeah, I I can't think of all the the terminology. Yeah. Um, but I can see the point also that if, if this is a terminal situation and the body is falling apart, yep. Um, that's different than this could go on and on and on indefinitely. Right. We, we have a pretty good window of when we, and yet, 
And yet... There are remission cases in cancer and other things that are uh, astounding. There are surprising cases. You know, I, I pray for... Um, most of my patients want me to pray for them, uh, with them, while, they're, while I'm with them. And, uh, and I do. It is extraordinarily rare, uh, but I have seen miracles happen yeah. as a result of my prayer. Um, I absolutely have seen that. Um, and those are amazing. But they're very rare. They're very rare. Uh huh. You want to tell a story? <laughs> well, you know the sto- the stories I have are are actually not that um, you know they're not that interesting. <laughs> okay. Except for you know it was someone who was in an ICU and the doctor said there's just really no chance. Um, I remember uh, meeting with a family in an ICU and the doctor said there's there's um, There's no medical hope. That doesn't mean there's no hope. There's no hope in medicine for this person to get better. They were on a ventilator. They were Mm -hmm. in a coma. And so I met with the family, and I kind of went over my regular speech with them um, uh, after listening for a long, long time. And, you know, they were uh, believers. And so I said, you know, uh, the doctors are saying there's nothing that they can do. There's no medicine that can be given. There's no procedure that, that is going to be effective here. And so... So really what they are recommending is that we withdraw the treatment Mm -hmm. because the treatment is not helping. Um, That doesn't mean that we're killing the person. It means that we're withdrawing treatment. And if God's going to do a miracle, then uh, he's not trapped by what we're doing. If he's going to do a miracle, he's going to give a miracle. And... Um, he's not constrained by timing. If we give, we don't need to give him another three days or ten days or a month right. um, to raise this person up. I, I've given this uh, some version of this kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, to hundreds and hundreds of families. And so I went with them and we prayed and we prayed for a miracle. And when I, when I do that, um, I don't want to provide false hope for people. And so I say, you know, I, we pray for a miracle. And even more than that, we pray that you would be with the family or, you know, you know uh, that you would surround us with your love and, and guide us in our, in the right path or whatever, that kind of thing. Anyway. And so they withdrew and the person woke up and they started doing fine. Yeah. And it was it was still a long road to recovery, but they absolutely recovered when right. uh, the doctors were saying it's certain death. There are lots of unusual yeah, that occurrences happens. like that. That happens. Yeah. Is it normal? It is not normal. Right. But it does happen, it though, does with, happen. with some degree of frequency that, that makes you pause. Yeah. 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 The, and that would say, you know, maybe assisted suicide is not necessary. Right. Yeah. Uh Okay, so that's those are some of the arguments for and against. Um, there are some places in our country, United States of America, that allow assisted suicide in some circumstances. Some states allow this, and some states don't. Um, last time I looked, um, California, Colorado, Hawaii, Maine, New Jersey, Oregon, Vermont, and Washington allowed some version of assisted suicide in Montana if they if you got a court ruling for it. Uh-huh. There are other countries where um, assisted suicide is legal, although almost all of them, or not almost, certainly all of them, there's criteria and boundaries and checklists to make sure that things are done well. Um, but most countries in the world do not allow assisted suicide. Yeah. And most states in our nation do not allow assisted suicide. Um, I am really sympathetic to people who desire assisted suicide. I'm very sympathetic. Right. And yet, I don't think that it's moral. But Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. Like, I, when when people are really suffering, you don't know how much longer they have. It, it looks really bleak. I can understand it. Yes. For sure. Yes. Sir, I, can, I mean, I think you get in that circumstance and you, you get much closer to understanding it if you've never been there. Oh, yes. But I, I don't think it's the answer. Yep. Um, I think a case-by-case basis would be, the, would be the closest I would get to it. Yep. But I think it, it is, anytime the government or like the regulation gets involved, I think it's fraught with peril. Yep. And there would be all kinds of arguments. And it, and I do think, you know, slippery slope is usually a logical fallacy that you know, if you allow this, then all these other things are going to happen. Well, not necessarily. That's true. But I, I do think that, that 
we see in our society what we might call advancements, but then there, there's all the fringe pieces that come with it. Yes, that's right. Because we have this thing called precedent. Yep. And you set that precedent, and then then it's used against you to to further things uh, past where you wanted them to go. So that's right. It, it does seem to work that way in government and legal matters. And so, how would this impact people who are poor or old or homeless or just not wanted for some reason, right? They they just don't. Or would their rights be infringed at some point? Yep. Would it, you know, could it get into some kind of chaos? Yes. Where it's not just this this elderly person has literally six months to go and they are suffering horribly. There is no way this could be reversed. How what we just said, we don't know if that's true. That there's yep. no way. Well, right. Yes. And, and and then they say, I want this to happen. My whole family wants this to happen. We're going to save money. I'm done. I've lived my life and I don't want to suffer like this anymore. And a doctor's going to help you go to sleep and then just not wake up again. Right. That, I, you know, I'm, I'm very sympathetic to, to all those factors, you know. Yes. Yes. But I just think it's a matter of time before those those factors are strained. Yes. Right. And the boundaries are pushed. I think that's right. There's a lot of folks that come into my care as uh, with my hospice team. And when they do, they are ready to die right then. Yeah. Not everybody. In fact, there's a lot of people who, who really say, no, I don't want to die. I, this is scary. And, but others who say, I'm ready right now. And the reason is because they're in so much pain. They're in so much turmoil. So much is going on in their life. They feel like there's nothing ahead for them. And then when my team comes in and, and gets their breathing under control, gets their pain under control, gets their anxiety under control, and then our social mm-hmm. worker and I as a chaplain come in and we help them to connect to God, to their family, to the things that they love, to their mm-hmm. hobbies, to, to their faith, uh, all of a sudden life is popping with color again. Right. And it just takes it, but they had no way of seeing that before. Right. They were just so, all they heard was this horror, they're at the, you know, someone who's 85 years old. Yeah. And, okay, I'm at the end of my life. I'm all by myself. My spouse has died and I've just been diagnosed with this horrible terminal cancer. Right. Um, that, that's metastasized throughout my entire body and it's just awful. And so I'm ready to die right now. And they're, that's all they can think about. Right. But then in two months, they're having a great they time. They need a little help. They just they need, need some, some assistance. Support. That's I'm, right. I'm, I'm so grateful for uh, opioids and powerful drugs, yes. anti-anxiety yes. medicine. I'm so grateful for hospice and hospice and end-of-life care yes. and the work that you're doing and, and medical professionals are doing. Like it's, it's a, it, it definitely puts me at ease because I've suffered physically to the point where I was getting ready to pass out pretty regularly. Yeah. yeah. And I do know there's a, there's a place where your body just kind of it does. That's right. Cuts off. That's you right. Just like you're, you say, well, that's enough. I'm going to sleep now. Yep. But I've also had anxiety where I really wanted to eat a gun. Yeah. It was so bad. Yes. Right. And it yes, just yes, wouldn't yes. go away. And it wasn't, it, I wasn't going to pass out. Yeah. You know, I was going to have a heart attack maybe. Yeah. Um, and that was worse. Yeah. It was worse. And if you had multiple factors, I can see where, man, I, I have no problem clinging to to medicines and healthcare professionals and getting the help that I need. But yeah. it makes me feel just a lot better about yeah. having to endure something awful, yeah. knowing that that's there. Can yeah. you imagine a time when it wasn't there, right? Or you're in a oh, circumstance yeah. where you are forgotten and you are left to, to cope with these things and you're not able to, to make your own decisions or uh, it, it could just be awful, yeah, awful, awful. That's right. And so, but you can also see how people could take advantage of the poor right. in a circumstance like this. If, if we have assisted suicide on a regular basis, they could take advantage of the elderly. Um, you can imagine a, a young person who is going to receive an inheritance saying, no, uh, granddad, uh, you really are. Uh, the, the, probably the best thing for you is not hospice. It's, it's probably assisted suicide. Yeah. You know, as we talk about this, you know, I, I'm just thinking on the spot, but, uh, and we'll throw this in the hopper, yeah. uh, but like the, I mentioned the death penalty earlier. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. There's a judge who makes a determination, right? Yes, yes. As part of a sentence. Uh-huh. And there are states that allow it and states that don't, so there's some states' rights involved in that. Um, but I could see where if, if this were to be permitted, it would have to have like the, the tightest sort of regulations. And I could see where you would have to have that decision made by a judge and that that judge would have to, you know, be 
be responsible to to know that they've reviewed all the medical records thoroughly and expertly that they've looked at um, they've they've called in hospice hospice whatever and they've done yep. all their due diligence yep, yep. and and then there's this very rare occasion you know that's kind of how I feel about the death penalty on, on rare occasion it makes sense to me yeah um, and yet I, I'm I'm still theologically not quite able to say that. Let me so, let me see if I can give you yeah. um, a solution that I have come to uh, in my mind in in my heart uh, at my company, um, which is really on the cutting edge of a lot of palliative and hospice care. Uh-huh. Uh, we have uh, a, a procedure that we do not often. But occasionally, and I've been a part of it a couple times. Okay, it's called palliative sedation. Okay, palliative. I can see where this sedation. is going. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, when we have someone who is uh, really has thought through assisted suicide, and they say, "This is really what I want. I want to go to sleep and never wake up." And our team has addressed all of their pain issues from a uh, uh-huh. like a physical pain. As well as all of their spiritual issues, uh-huh. you know, their connection to God, their connection to their family and, right. and meaning. All the emotional. Um, all the financial issues. Uh-huh. You know, we, we, so, like, we've done everything. Right. And th- still, they are ready. They don't want to live anymore. And there is misery in their life that just is causing them not to be able to enjoy their life. Yeah. Then what we can do... and. We're very, very careful. There's a long checklist to make sure that this happens, including members of you know the entire medical team. And then what we can do is we can give them enough medication to sedate them so that they're asleep. And you know it's a it's a medical uh, medicine induced coma. And we then wake them up one week later. And when we wake them up, then we have another conversation with them. And we talk about their life, and we talk about these things, and we say, um, uh, "Do you still want? Do you still want to be mm-hmm. sedated?" Mm-hmm. And so, if so, then we do for another week, and then we wake them up again. Uh-huh. And then when they wake up, do you still want it? And the third time, when we put them under, then we just we keep them there until they die. Interesting. I did not know that. That's that is fascinating, because it kind of to me it almost removes the need for this at all. Well, uh, almost completely. Yeah. The big difference is money. It still costs money. Yeah. In a way that assisted suicide would be much, much, much cheaper than what I'm talking about. Yeah. But I think almost everything else is removed. Well, I can definitely see in in light of the the image bearing of humanity that money is not the, a good reason or a good argument. I completely argument. agree with you. Complete. Right. We're going to have to money. Okay. You know what? I understand that that is an argument. Resources uh-huh. are, you know, limited. On the other hand, compared to the image of God. Yeah. Right. Sorry. We're not, we're not plus. <laughs> I bet if we looked into where the money is going, we might find a few things that could be loosened up. Well, that's a possibility. That's a possibility. Someone's probably getting a payday. Well, and that's, we could probably we could tweak we could that. Prob- yeah, it's, yeah. it is healthcare in the United States after all. Right. Nonetheless, you can. I mean, even if the tightest that it is, have someone in a facility because they have to be in a facility to monitor this. Uh-huh. To have a facility that's basically like a a hospital level facility, um, uh, to have that round the clock. Uh, monitoring of them does cost a lot more money, you know, than assist, assisted yeah. suicide is, is much, much cheaper, obviously. Right. Yeah. But it's, I think that is a much better option, a much yeah. better option. Well, you know, and, and reviewing all this um, and trying to be very uh, empathetic and nuanced, uh, I think I just want to go on record saying that I, I do not support it. Um, and, I don't think I could be convinced otherwise, but I do completely understand why people want it yeah, or why they would want to support it. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But I, I think that, that God is sovereign. He has put his image upon us. He has, for whatever reason, 
allowed and permitted great amounts of suffering for certain people in certain ways and others in other ways. And this world is broken, but it's being redeemed and he will make all the broken things unbroken and the yes. new heavens and the new earth. Yes. And I hold to that. I cling to that. I know that this is true. And if it's not true, then we're all just going into oblivion anyway. That's right. And this is uh, his realm. And I want to give honor and respect to him as the author of life and the one who takes it away. Yes. He holds the keys to life and death and to heaven and hell. That's right. And so um, having said that, I would say if anyone out there doesn't know Christ, uh, you should look into it because it is, it's the redemption. It's the only opportunity to, to be made right with God and to spend forever with him. So. Amen. Amen. You got into a, a preaching there at the end. Well, you know. It's my vocation. <laughs> it is your vocation. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I, this has been a helpful discussion. I think I'm in the exact same place that you are yeah. um, with everything that you just said. Right. And uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really, really glad for palliative sedation. Hmm. And, I, and I think that we need to, I, actually, honestly, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this and pull this topic out of the hopper is because I want people to know about palliative sedation. Hmm. It is actually really, really important to know about it. And I don't think many people need it, but there are people who do. And those who do, it's a much, much better option than assisted suicide. Yeah. Well, thanks for, uh, for getting that information together. Sure enough. Thanks, Dave. Hey there, faithful listeners of the Hopper Podcast. We are truly grateful for your continued support. Your enthusiasm keeps this podcast going strong. We have something special we'd like to share with you today, an opportunity to take your involvement to the next level. Introducing the Hopper Podcast crew. Your all access pass to even more of what you love about our podcast. For just $5 a month or $50 a year, you can join the crew and enjoy exclusive bonus episodes that dive deeper into the topics you care about. And access to extra interview segments that didn't make our regular episodes. And here's the best part. As a member, you're going to enjoy ad-free episodes. So say goodbye to those interruptions. Hey, but that's not all. By becoming a member of the Hopper Podcast crew, you're doing more than just getting extra content. You're supporting independent podcasting that promotes civil discourse from a Christian perspective. And your membership helps to ensure that we can continue bringing you thought-provoking content week after week. So how can you join the crew? It's simple. Just head on over to our website, thehopperpodcast.org, and click on the Become a Member button. Or if you want, you can click on a link in the show notes of this episode. You can choose either the monthly or yearly subscription that works best for you. Once you're a member, you'll get instant access to all the exclusive content and benefits we've mentioned. Plus, You'll be part of the community that values respectful dialogue, open-mindedness, and thoughtful commentary. Thanks for being a part of our podcasting journey. We can't wait to have you join the Hopper Podcast crew. And so until next time, keep the conversation going about things that matter and things that don't. Hey, Dave, I want to tell you an interesting true story. True and, story. Yeah. Uh, and, and then I want to ask you to respond to it in a particular way. Now, is it yep. based on a true story? No, no, no. This is a true story. It's not inspired by a true story? Absolutely not. Have this you, is 100% I, true. Recently, I saw a movie that said, this could be a true story. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. I saw a, a, a title for a book that said, uh, this novel uh, is is supposed to, you know, my editor said that this that none of the characters should be based on people in real life, but the truth is some of them are, but good luck trying to find out who is who. Yeah. <laughs> good luck. All right, so this is a true story. True story about Johnny Cash. Um, this is in, uh, this happened in 1981. Of course, he died a number of years ago now, but yeah. um, you know, when he was younger in 1981, his career, I mean, he, he had had a, a phenomenal career by then and was not doing his career was not doing as well but he was uh -huh. set for life he had a big property in tennessee at the time and he had kind of a privatized animal park near his home that okay. was on his property there and it had a whole bunch of species well he was out for a walk uh and he passed by one of his ostriches named waldo and uh waldo seemed to be upset um, unusually when okay. Cash was walking by. And he thought maybe it was because Waldo had recently lost his mate. Oh. Yeah. Um, well, the, the problem is that when ostriches get mad, 
they're they can do some serious damage. Yeah, they're the biggest birds in the world. They're about nine feet yeah. tall. They weigh over three hundred pounds. They can carry people on their backs. Yeah, they can. Uh, and ostriches have been known to gore people. Yeah. with their sharp talons. I mean, oh, they're yeah. they're got massive, giant feet, huge. And so Waldo was hissing at Cash, at Johnny Cash, as he was walking by. Yeah. Um, and that's all he did, and he walked by. But he had uh, Johnny Cash had to come back when he's walking back on his walk. He had to come by Waldo again. Yeah. And he was a little bit nervous about it, and so he picked up a six foot stick. Okay. In order to protect himself in case it got bad. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, now I want to uh, quote some from Johnny Cash's uh, autobiography that he wrote in 1997. Uh-huh. This is what he wrote. When he started moving toward me, I went on the offensive, taking a good hard swipe at him. I missed. He wasn't there. He was in the air, and a split second later, he was on his way down again with that big toe of his, larger than my size 13 shoe. Mm. And it was extended toward my stomach. He made contact. I'm sure there was never any question that he wouldn't. And frankly, I got off lightly. All he did was break my two lower ribs and rip my stomach open down to my belt. Ugh. If the belt hadn't been good and strong with a solid belt buckle, he would have split my guts exactly the way he meant to. Wow. Waldo is rough. Yeah, for sure. Um, he was seriously injured. Um, well, no, not ser- uh, it, He was almost seriously injured. He didn't uh-huh. go to the hospital, I don't think. Um, but it, so it didn't turn out to be bad. But he had a scar, um, and there. Yeah. So a couple the, of broken ribs. Yeah, broken ribs. I mean, it was serious. Yeah. And uh, the incident was leaked in the Tennessean in the fall of 1981. But what what the report was that the it had just knocked him down and scratched him. Okay. Which wasn't nearly what happened. Yeah. And then Cash was initially hesitant to confirm the story because he said it sounded, uh, because it sounded so dumb what actually happened. Ah, sounded dumb. He f- he felt embarrassed that, that he was like pretty seriously injured by this ostrich. I guess he he just thinks of it as a bird, but I, yeah. ostriches are so big. They're huge. Ha- have you seen them fighting in the way they swing their heads with their beaks? No. They, they like catapult their heads at each other. Like a giraffe? Yeah, like a giraffe. I've seen giraffe fights. They'll, 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 but ostriches fight the same way. Oh huh? yeah, they'll 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 sling their head at you. They oh, got my those goodness. giant talons. Yeah, yeah, lots yeah. of strength in their in their legs and and the weight. I mean, they run so fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So so that thing lunged in the air at him yeah. like a velociraptor. Yeah. And tried to to eviscerate him. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And uh, and he got away. Um. You know. Yeah. Good okay. grief. Okay. So here's all right. Here's what I want you to do. You want me to do something? I, I, I want you to take that story. Yeah. And right now, use it in a sermon illustration. Right now. <laughs> right, right now. Yes. Off the top of my head. Off the top of your head. That, okay. that story illustrates what spiritual principle? Uh, how, how much time do I have to think? Any time? I, I, oh, I, I got something. It okay, might not go. be the best, but go. I got something. You got okay. it. All right. Um, it, it tells you the importance of the belt of truth. Okay. Okay. Come on. Yeah. Uh, so in Ephesians, it talks yes. about the armor of the spirit. Yes. Uh, you know, you want to put on the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness and it. the shield of faith. Yeah. And the shoes of the readiness of the gospel. Yes, and, yes, yes. And the belt of yes. truth. Yes. The belt is what holds everything together. The tunic and your sword on yes. its sheath. And, yes. Um, and so the belt of truth is very, very important. And in this uh, this this um, bird was like a uh, a spiritual warfare attacking him, right? Like some sort okay. of some sort of demon. It was a demon or sin. The world, yeah, the flesh, sin, the devil. The, yeah, the, our, our enemies, yes, right? Yes. Coming at him to eviscerate <laughs> okay, him. Okay, yes. And he was rescued by the belt of truth. And he was holding a stick. He uh, was holding a stick that could have been the 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 the, the sword of the spirit. The, the, yeah, yeah, the word of God. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, the 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 truth can protect you from all kinds of error. Love it. From yourself. Yes. From other people. Okay. From the systems of the world. Yeah. From all the things that can go wrong out there. Yeah. Right? The, the, the truth is a light to our feet, a lamp unto our path. It, it guides us and shows us the... Okay. He's clapping for me, folks. <laughs> it shows us the way that we ought right, to go. All right, all right, yeah. all right. I got it. I got it. <laughs> Shut up now. Pretty much.
<laughs> once you, once you've made that connection, there it is. Yeah. Okay, all right, that's good. Uh, you want to do another one? Uh, sure. All right, this one comes from the Darwin Awards in 2022. Uh, this you know the Darwin Awards? I do. Yeah, criminals so, or uh, not, not usually not criminals. Uh, well, sometimes they are, but uh, they are. It's people who have uh, killed themselves in such a stupid way. Uh-huh. It illustrates that their genes should never be passed on. And so they win the Darwin Award. They right. are the, uh, you know, the, the survival of the fittest. These uh-huh. are the people who are not the fittest. Yes, I think I've seen this mostly in regards to people breaking laws. But oh, okay, it's, yeah, it's not it's not always that for sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So here's well, one. Okay, so in uh, 2022 Darwin Award winner, um, there was a Russian soldier in the in the uh, conflict uh, with Ukraine, and the Russian soldier um, spotted. In in he was in a war zone and he spotted a MacBook computer. All right, and he wanted to steal it. Okay, and so he, with quick reflexes, he slid the MacBook into the chest armor pocket of his uh, gear. Uh huh. In order, but to do that, he had to take out the ballistic plate. Yeah. That was in there. Right. And it was actually fit just the right size. Yeah. And a little while later, he was killed when he was shot right there. And the uh, the bullet or uh, armament of some sort went right through the MacBook. Right. Uh, and when they were uh, examining his body, they found a stolen iPad uh, that was that was in his garments as well. Hmm. Yeah. That, is that it? That's the Darwin Award. Okay, now. Okay. So, sermon illustration. Here sermon we go. Sermon illustration. Well, it's, it, the, the low-hanging fruit would be the Eighth Commandment, thou shalt not steal. Okay. Um, and So, instant karma for him. Yeah, some kind of, in, like, yeah, instant karma. The The other thing would be, the as you take on evil, you have to remove something good. Yeah, I like um, that one better. Yeah, so it, it, that could be come out. Of, that could come out of a passage like um, Colossians that talks about putting off the old man and putting on the new man, and that or the exchanging of clothes. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You yeah, have, yeah. You have these dirty old rags. Don't live that way anymore. Put on the righteousness of Christ. Yeah. Put on the gospel. Right. Yeah. And and so that can work in reverse too. If you're if you're taking off the good stuff, the garb, and you're putting back on the, the junk. Love it. Uh, you can, you're just putting yourself at risk. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 I love it, man. That's fantastic. You're good at well, this. Oh, thanks man. <laughs> you're good at this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You want another one? Okay. Let's do another one. Uh, here's another Darwin award on January 19th, 2022. Authorities were making a welfare check in Pomfrey, Maryland, and they found David Riston dead alone in his house he was alone in terms of humans, uh-huh. but there were uh, numerous species of snakes all over his house. Wow. Cobras, rattlesnakes, black mambas, one gigantic python. Uh, there were 124 snakes in the house altogether. Can I ask a quick question? Sure. When you said they're doing a welfare check. Yeah. This is it, this is not an elderly person or someone no. on some sort of welfare or this oh, is just sorry, a sorry 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 that's a that's not a, a government that's a common sort of, police term that it's it's just to see if they're okay just to see if this person is okay yeah. so his friends his family his neighbors whatever we haven't seen David in a long time right. we don't know what's going on uh, would you go over to his house just to make sure he's okay he's dead with a bunch of they exotic snakes these, in his yeah uh-huh. 124 snakes in his 124 house. 124 of these. Snakes. Yeah. This 49-year-old man uh, who died of an accidental snake bite. Did they identify the, the snake? Uh, they did not. But uh, there were plenty there that could do the job. I mean, there were, yeah, about any of them could do it. All right. Sermon illustration. Go. Oh, wow. This one's a little harder, I think. Um, okay. Yeah, so you could you could definitely talk about how you if you disobey the law, the law is there to protect you. Yeah, sure. It's not there to cause you harm. Okay. Um, if you know the speed limit is to protect your life and people's property, it's not to be right. killjoy. Right, right, right. And so there are rules put in place to protect you. And if you purposely disobey them, this is kind of like the MacBook thing, really. If you purposely disobey the law or ignore the law, 
uh, you could find yourself making things a lot worse for yourself, right? You yeah. can't always you can't always prevent suffering. Suffering's going to happen, but you can make things a lot worse for yourself. That's true. Okay, I think I know what you're going to be preaching on this coming Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know Cause, that? Because your <laughs> mind is going that direction. I thought the low hanging fruit would be something like, and actually didn't think about this ahead of time, but yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, the snake represents the devil for sure. Yeah. And man, there's a lot. I know that you love snakes. Uh, I do like snakes. And I hate yeah. snakes. And so maybe uh-huh. that's that's why your mind didn't go there. Mine did. But if you play with fire long enough, you're going to get burned. And, yeah. uh, you know, if you if you entertain sin long enough, you know, it's attractive and it's interesting and it's exotic and it's fun. Uh, and it may not get you today. It may not get you tomorrow. Right. But one of these days, the, the police are going to come knocking on your door and you're going to be dead from that sin. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's the same sort of thing. I, just, I skipped over the Satan serpent illustration. <laughs> oh, I, I thought see. that was kind of low hanging. But uh, yeah, the, the idea that, that there are parameters to protect you, right? Oh, for sure. For and you, sure. Can't, you can't heap hot coals in your lap and not get burned. Yeah. 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 So you, yeah. yeah. But I like the way you said it better. Okay. All right. Uh, well, we're both preachers. Um, that's right. Yeah. Uh, listeners, if you have a good story that you want Dave to turn into a sermon illustration, oh boy. yeah, <laughs> we're looking for submissions for some crazy stories to turn oh, into okay. sermon illustrations. And uh, I will not show them to him, but you can send them to uh, our email address. You can find that in the show notes. And uh, that comes to me. And I'll collect them, and I won't show them to, to Dave until we get on air. All right. And, and we're going to give them spontaneous. You're right. pretty good at that. Well, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. to think on my feet. Indeed, you do, yeah. and you're good at it. Thanks for listening to the Hopper Podcast. Let's keep the conversation going about things that matter and things that don't. You can write or call us. Just tap or swipe on the purple Hopper Podcast cover art on your podcasting app and find the show notes for ways to suggest a topic for the Hopper or tell us a funny story. Or go to thehopperpodcast.org. Try to keep it clean. And if you do, we'll probably feature you in an upcoming episode. Special thanks this week go to fecal transplant doctors everywhere. They're, they're performing an important duty. Thank you for your service. It's, and it's an important duty. It's, it's an important duty. <laughs> Be sure to like, subscribe, follow, join our Facebook group for more Hopper goodness. You can also join our Patreon for our bonus episodes. Uh, Willie, what's the lesson for this week's episode? Yeah, the, the lesson this week is The Phantom Menace really is the best movie of all time. Yeah, that's no. no did I, did really, I miss it? No.